Thank you, ladies. Uh, just a, a couple of things I want to highlight again uh, within those announcements. For those of you who are uh, my age or older, uh, Emily Colson is Chuck Colson's uh, daughter, so we're very privileged to have uh, Emily with us that first Sunday of April. And then uh, if, if you have not yet thought about going to the prayer retreat, which is just 24 hours this coming weekend, today is the day actually to think about it. And if you're th- sitting here thinking, <clears throat> I would like to grow deeper in my prayer walk, I'd, I'd like to thirst more for God, I, I want to know how to go to the next steps in my prayer walk, uh, but I don't have the cash to, to make that retreat possible, just sign up. We'll take care of it, all right? So we'd love to fill uh, that space at uh, the Mount Olivet Retreat Center this coming week, so please join us. Um, we are going to be doing Q&A today in my message. Uh, my message is a little, little different, uh, so please, if you have a question, and, and there aren't as many of us as usual in this first service, so I need all of you to send at least two questions. Uh, you can text questions there, you can write out a question in the Q&A card. Why don't we pray, and then we'll go further. <clears throat> Lord God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come together with the church worldwide today, the body of Christ. Your spirit is inhabiting us, the church. Uh, We are so grateful, God, that we are alive in you, and we are grateful, God, for your word that is truth that helps us understand just how true you are and how true uh, you have called this whole world to be. So, Lord, uh, we fall into your arms right now, Uh, Mold us, shape us, conform us to the likeness of Christ. In your name we pray, amen. All right, Uh, I need two volunteers, a man and a woman. A man and a woman, two volunteers. All right, Heather, come on up. One more, I I need a dude. Kevin Zanker, come on up. I'm going to ask you two to stand uh, just right in front of those stools. So, uh, introduce yourself if you would. I'm Heather. This is Heather. I'm Kevin. That's Kevin. Uh, Those of you who did not know Heather and Kevin before this moment, you now know what Heather and Kevin look like. So, when you see these two bodies walking around, you know, oh, I've seen that person. That's Heather or that's Kevin. Now, when Heather and Kevin were born, how did the world know Heather and Kevin were here? We knew because suddenly there were two more bodies here, right? And think about it this way. Uh, When uh, Heather and Kevin were in their mother's womb, their mother knew that there was another life inside her body because their bodies moved within that body. Interesting. If Heather and Kevin walked out that door and out of the building, and you said, Pastor Brad, are Heather and Kevin here? I would say, they are not. Why would I say that? Well, because Heather and Kevin are not here. Their physical beings actually are not here. 
You could say, well, Heather and Kevin are always here. But is it, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, that, that really wouldn't be true. We know Heather and Kevin are here by the presence of their bodies. We know they're gone by the absence of their bodies. If Heather and Kevin uh, got sick, we wouldn't say, well, Kevin's body is sick. No, we'd say, Kevin's sick. He can't go to school today. <laughs> If Heather got sick, we wouldn't say, well, you know, Heather's body is sick. No, we would say, we would say that uh, there is something about Heather that, that is sick. Hmm. Now, let's say Heather and Kevin, I'm guessing you two don't know each other very well. Okay, so, yeah, introduce each other. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's say Heather and Kevin decided they were going to become uh, friends. They go on a journey together, and, and they become deep, deep friends. But let's say at one point they said, uh, you know what, I want to be your friend, but I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to smell you. <laughs> I don't want to touch you in any way. Well, how would they be friends? Give them a big round of applause. You may be seated. <clears throat> so, take your hands. Look at them. What's this for? Uh, what's, what's it all about? Why? What is its purpose, this thing we call the body? Now, our culture's tendency is to either idolize it or to demean it. Is that what we should do? Well, we shouldn't idolize it, certainly. We shouldn't demean it either. Is the body of consequence? Is it inconsequential? Is it simply the product of random chemical reactions that have happened in the universe? Or is there actual purpose in its making? Now, we're going to be on this journey in this, uh, this new series called The Body. Fundamental to where we're headed is Genesis 1. If you would, I'm going to ask your bodies to stand... <laughs> And I'm going to ask you to read this with me. Let's read it out loud. Let's actually take air <clears throat> and let's breathe that in. And then let's put that air through, through, vocal, through um, lungs and then through vocal cords out through this, this chamber here called a head. And we will speak it. All right? Let's do this together. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God... He created them, male and female, He created them. Very good. You may sit your body down. So guess what? Probably not news to you if you've hung out and christened them at all, but you are made in the image of God. And that doesn't just mean your thoughts and emotions. Have you ever thought about that? It's not just that you're, you know, God has emotions. This is what sometimes what we learn in, um, in Sunday school. Um, God has emotions. We have emotions. God gets angry. We get angry. So we're made in the image of God. But guess what? Your whole physical being is made in the image of God. God chose to make a you, and in so doing, he made a physical you that is you. It's not someone else. It's you. God has chosen, actually, to say something to this world about you 
and he made you physical as part of that, what we would call revelation. Revelation simply means the, the, a revealing. So God has chosen to make your physical being, you, as part of his revelation. God wants to say something to this world, not just through your thoughts and emotions, but actually through you. And just so you know, all your thoughts and emotions are all body. You don't have a thought without your body. You don't have an emotion without your body. All you're thinking, what's going on right now, even though you're sitting there, you're not really doing anything, you are somehow listening to me, and that is all happening through this thing that God has given us, and that is the body. And, and I would say this, your body has the capacity then to reveal something about God, and your body, biblically speaking, has a capacity to receive God, because our bodies, the Scriptures say, are temples of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say your emotions are temples of the Holy Spirit or your psyches, your conscious. No, it says our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Thus, we could say our bodies are sacramental. Our bodies make the invisible visible. What is a sacrament? Think about baptism. Baptism is a physical expression of an invisible truth. When we take communion, bread, cup, those are physical expressions of something that is invisible. And so in some way, your body is sacramental. We do not just have bodies, we are actually body persons whose inner life is expressed through the body. So this is where we are heading over the next many weeks. And just so you know, <clears throat> your understanding of the body has consequence all the time. You are made in the image of God who is love. You are made in the image of God and that God is truth, that God is holy. And so if you're made in the image of that God, then what you do with this should be true. What you do with this body uh, should be love. What you do with this body should be holy. What we do with our bodies has consequence as we move through space in the kingdom of God. Now, we have a special guest today, and <clears throat> let me just introduce Dan this way. Um, <clears throat> Dan is, uh, well, I'll, I'll let him introduce what his exact title, but we were sitting down one time at a coffee shop recently, and he was telling his, me his story, and I, as I was listening to him, I was like, you know, your story would actually be a great way to introduce this new sermon series we're in. So I'm going to invite Dan up. Dan, come on up. Give him a big round of applause. Good morning. Good morning. Dan, just, Dan, just so everyone knows, what is your official title? Um, gosh, uh, my official title is uh, church representative for Team World Vision or World Vision, and I um, oversee and get to interact with all of our church relationships in the state of Minnesota um, for World Vision. So, okay. Uh, mainly, I get to hang out and have coffee with pastors. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing, I would yeah. hope. Um, so, why don't you, as I just introduced you, I told you, I told everyone your story was yeah. had an impact on me. Uh, tell us, uh, let's just start in the beginning. Where are you from? What's 
how'd you come to faith, et cetera? Yeah, uh, well, let's go way back. So I grew up uh, on a farm in Western Wisconsin, and uh, I have a wonderful family, and I, did, I came to Christ pretty young as a 10-year-old, um, but the church situation I was in was really, um, it was kind of dark. It was um, ultra-legalistic, everything we had was about punishment and rules and all of this. The God I knew was not a God of love, and there was no personal relationship with him. So even though um, I grew up Christian, uh, I would say I really didn't have a personal relationship with God. Um, that came quite a bit later in life when um, I, I came through some, some difficult times. But um, yeah, I, uh, I actually had a, an interest in mission and outreach uh, very young and have also been blessed with the opportunity to be in about 30 countries around the world uh, serving God in different capacities. And some uh, interesting scenarios of, I don't know if we ended up talking about this, but I've been in uh, many closed countries and I've, I've uh, hid in basements of uh, train stations hiding from terrorists patrolling streets and I've been <laughs> interrogated in uh, dark cement rooms in communist countries. So um, God has taken me on a journey, but... Um, so you're CIA? Uh, no, no. no. Fact. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Shh. Don't don't Come put on, that Brad. online. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was CIA. No, just kidding. Um, no, no, definitely not. I, in fact, one of the areas I was in, um, politics are very complicated. But I asked someone if the CIA was around this area. They like put their hand over my mouth. They're like, "Shh, keep your mouth shut. You want to wow. get killed?" Um, and I was like, "Oh my gosh." Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, my life uh, took um, an interesting turn. So on the outside, um, I'd say my 20s were very animated and interesting. So on the outside, uh, things would have looked really good. So I started a business in college that took off. I ended up dropping out of college in my third year, uh, much to the chagrin of my parents. <laughs> I was 100 credits in uh, to, to run this business. Uh, but yeah, on the outside, I was married young. I had a son. My business was taking off and um, bought a big house when I was 23. And uh, yeah, things looked really good. I sold my business in 2011, and within a year I was uh, in a much different place. Um, during that time, everything looked great on the outside. Inside, I really was kind of a wreck. And um, a year after I sold my business, I was divorced. I was living on the floor of a friend's house, um, fighting for custody in court. and. Um, yeah, I was, uh, and that was the start of an intense battle with depression, which led to a six-month battle with suicide um, in 2012. So it was a, uh, it was a very difficult time in life, um, but um, yeah, so that kind of intros the rest of this into... Yeah, so let's just unpack this for a second regarding our, our topic here. So things were going well, yeah. And, and when things are going well, we have the capacity uh, to buy things that are comfortable, mm -hmm. <laughs> big yep. house, yep. Uh, we have enough money uh, yep. to buy food that, that supports us, but yeah. not only, and only supports our bodies, but tastes good. Yep. Uh, things, when they are going well, they, they feel good. Yeah. Things out there uh, help this thing feel good, yep. and then when external circumstances uh, when we encounter them and they, they go south, yeah. it, it, it has that an impact, <laughs> yeah. not, not just on your spiritual being, right. it has an impact on your whole being, and Definitely. your spiritual being and your body, are, they're, they're tied yeah. together. Um, 
Were you going to say something? Yeah, I mean, I, so one of the things I learned through this experience was the interconnectedness of our beings. So um, directly tied to the topic today, like on the outside, I, I could not figure out at that time, I could not unpack, like my spiritual life was falling apart and mm. physically I fell apart and mentally I fell apart. Um, mm. And it really... To the extent that you wanted to kill this body. Yes. Which was, yeah. you wanted to take, take the whole Dan thing right. out. out. Yep, completely. Yeah. And, um, and, and when all three levels of your being decline together, it's a very difficult place, and that's where you end up in those situations. Sure. Uh, but one of the most beautiful things I found in this um, um, is that because all three parts of me were a wreck. Um, you, you, when you say three, you're thinking like body, mind, and spirit? Yeah, body, mind, and spirit. So yeah. my spiritual life was a wreck. Uh, at the time, I thought God had turned his back on me, but I had turned my back on God. And um, I was literally unable to get out. I like laid in bed 23 hours a day, um, and I, the depression was that bad. And mentally, I was, I was unstable. I would cry, try to go to work some days, and I would like literally just burst into tears at my desk. Um, and when all three levels of your body are a complete wreck, you can't always just, all right, I'll fix all three right now. Um, and so my renewal actually came through uh, the, my physical being as the first step that brought hmm. my mental and my spiritual being um, back into renewal with God, into health, and to um, a place of stability, and then growth. Yeah, so uh, we, we've talked a bit about this. The, the question that I told you I was going to ask at this point yeah. <laughs> is, is instrumental. You can yeah. deal with that however you want, but the, I know you're a runner, mm -hmm. uh, and you do a, a lot of physical stuff. You ride bikes, you hike, etc. Yeah. In, in In a marathon, yeah. uh, the people talk about hitting a wall. Yeah. Your life hit a wall. And, and then how, how did, in, in a marathon, you want to get through the wall. Yes. So, so how did this all come together? How did you get through the wall? What was the wall? Yeah. You talked a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the wall for me was, honestly, it was depression. It was the decline of my physical and mental self. Um, it was somewhat triggered by a spiritual decline. And I, like I said, I was on the ground. I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, I, part of my battle with suicide was I just, I couldn't see a way through it. It was just utter darkness. It literally felt, if you ever had a dream where you're falling, that's what life felt like. Um, and so that was the wall. Um, and God rescued me in a miraculous way at the very bottom of that pit, um, what would have been the last day of my life. Um, I challenged God to find me at, uh, by seven o'clock that night or I was going to end my life. And he did uh, in a miraculous way. <laughs> uh, that's a long story. But uh, part of that that was the bottom, but the renewal came through using my physical being to then pick up my spiritual life. So as I hit that wall, um, a friend uh, challenged me to run a half marathon. And at the time, I had never run before. He said, I'm a runner now. I wasn't that. Uh, I had run maybe a mile or two. Uh, I grew up on a farm, and most of that was like running to the corner of the farm to get a tool back to the fence line or something. <laughs> um, and that was my experience with running. I didn't like it. It was hard. I wasn't very good at it. Um, and a friend uh, challenged me to, to run. He was like, man, you need, you need to do something. You need to like challenge yourself physically. He's like, just trust me, that'll help. Um, and so that began a journey of, I remember the first time I ran a mile. I remember the first time I ran two miles. Um, and I would connect with God. So our bodies are interconnected and with our spirit and our soul. And God gave us this amazing way. When your spiritual life and your mental life is down here, uh, you can 
pick up your physical life and start doing things that will start renewing your spiritual and physical life. Uh, so I started running. And when I ran, I w- God met me there. Um, this, can, yeah. can I, may I share a quote? Yeah. So I knew Dan was going to kind of go here, and I thought I'd share this quote that many of you have probably seen from Eric Little. Uh, can you put that up, Jeff? Yeah. Uh, from, from the movie Chariots of Fire, a, a real uh, person, Eric Little. I, I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Isn't that interesting? That God has made our bodies to delight in doing what his, he has designed our bodies to do, but also there is a way physically to feel God's pleasure. It's not just an yeah. internal thing, it's an yeah. external thing too. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, kind of to piggyback off of that, um, you know, God created man in the garden. Um, in fact, there's a, a verse in Genesis 3 where God was walking through the garden in the cool part of the day. Um, God also, the, the being of God, was on earth enjoying nature and being in that. Um, and there's so many other um, scenarios uh, where God himself or Jesus, like when Jesus was on earth, um, he, it, the verse in uh, Luke 22 says that Jesus regularly went to the Mount of Olives to pray. Mm. Um, he went on a mountain, and he went into nature to connect with God. Mm. Um, and so God gave us this beautiful gift of having a physical environment where we can connect with God and where God finds us. Um, and there's so many, like, verses, I and mean, we could go on all day, like half of the Old Testament is about health and well-being and interacting with nature and taking care of your environment around you. Um, and I, I don't, you know, Noah was in all of the nature surrounding Noah and being dropped off on a mountain and uh, so on and so forth. So God gave us this like a beautiful gift as a way to bring health to ourselves. So for me, I started running mm-hmm. and I started connecting with God. And honestly, like all full disclosure, my first couple runs, like God was just there. And I didn't have a lot of great feelings for God. And I was literally screaming out loud at God at that time. Mm. And, but it gave me this place to do that. Um, mm. And that communion grew stronger. And God lovingly put his arms around me through those conversations. Um, over the course of that year, I finished a half marathon. But I mostly did that to connect with God. And um, slowly rebuilt my spiritual life through that experience. Um, yeah. can, can you share? I know you had a very profound experience mm. on a mountain. I did. With God. Yes. Can, can, you, can you share that? Yeah. So um, one of the craziest things that happened in my life was, um, so that, that was the fall of 2012 when I started reconnecting through God, through this beautiful gift of physical worship. Um, and the next year, the next spring, I didn't run all winter. Um, I was really dealing with depression again. And I woke up in the spring and I blurted out, and I don't even know why. I was like, I'm going to climb all of the 14, all the tallest mountains in Colorado, all, 15, eight, all 58 of the tallest 14,000-foot-tall uh, 14, or taller mountains in Colorado. And I remember, like, saying, why did that just come out of my mouth? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh, I've, I've climbed five mountains in my life at this time. Um, so that began a journey, and, and God put that in me because he knew I needed re- rejuvenation. He knew uh, I needed him. And that summer began the journey of where I beat depression, uh, where I came out of that. So fast forward to early September. I'm in Colorado. I'm climbing 58 mountains uh, and in a row, nonstop. Um, I showed up, no plan. I had a 98 Saturn SL2 four-door car, and I had 2,000 miles of extreme off-road driving to do between these mountains, and no plan, and God just helped me put it all together. I got a vehicle, somehow survived. But anyway, so 
God works miracles in nature too. Nature is God's realm. And one of the things I love about mountains is you are at the mercy of nature. You're at the mercy of God. You are literally in God's world at that point. You are completely subject to what God has for you in that situation. Mm -hmm. And it puts you in this beautiful, vulnerable place. Um, But also it's a great place for God to have uh, open miracles in your life. So um, I have a bunch of stories of how miracles are worked in that. But one of them was, um, so I completed all 58 of these mountains in 24 days. Um, and, which is actually a record. Um, but, uh, and the worst weather pattern in history in Colorado, in known history, uh, my dad works for the National Weather Association, and so they have all this research into this, occurred while I was trying to climb all these mountains. Uh, it nonstop rained for 19 days straight, uh, lightning and thunderstorms, ice storms, snowstorms, uh, day and night. And um, one of the lessons God had for me in that was that he calls you to do things, and he calls you to do difficult things. He doesn't say he's going to make it easy. Uh, you know, we just sang that song that, you know, God is good, and, and, things, and good things came out of that. At the time, I was like, how could you make this any worse, God? But I'm here. You called me here. I must finish. So, um, and God was in that and through miracles. So there was a day when I just broke down. I was climbing three mountains that day, and I got through the first two and complete. It was like 40-mile-an-hour winds, ice, snow piling up. I couldn't see more than 50 feet, um, and I'm navigating by topo maps and everything else and compass. And um, by the end of the second one, I just couldn't do it. And I broke down. I literally fell on my knees, and I begged God for a miracle. And I said, mm. God, I cannot do this. I don't know why you called me here. I don't know why you would do this. And I cannot finish this unless you intervene at this point. And it's just a complete time of vulnerability in my life. Mm. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm trusting. He put me here. I just asked him. I'm going to keep going. I believe that God will do something here. And so I'm on my way to the second mountain. All of a sudden, the clouds literally part. I'm the only person up there that day. Um, And the clouds literally part off the mountain, and they stop in a wall. And I'm going to say this. I don't know. I mean, it's going to sound as fantastical as something in the Old Testament it was. (laughs) I'm not someone who would, like, normally believe in this kind of stuff. But there's literally a 2,000-foot wall of cloud down the side of the mountain. I was able to climb the whole mountain in dryness. And I walk down that valley, and there's literally a cloud going straight up. Um, I was you could, able, like, put your, yeah. yeah. I stopped in front of it. I actually have a video of it. I should have brought it today. Um, and I put my hand in the cloud. It was literally like this dense wall of cloud. And I pulled it out, and I put it in. I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever going to believe this happened, you know? Um, and... I was just praising God, and literally I was like, all right, well, i got to keep going. I'd love to stay here all day and watch this thing. But, um, so I walk through it, and I turn around, and I see the thing just whoosh, right up the mountain, mm. literally within seconds after going through it. And, um, God, and, and back to the, like, that is God's realm. Uh, nature is God's realm, and if you want to find the most close, intense personal relationship with God, go to where God is. Go in God's realm um, and yeah. enjoy that. And, and I, some of you probably know this, but some of you may not. The, the Bible talks, Romans 1, talks about how God has revealed Himself through the created world to the extent that no one has excuse not to turn to God. Mm-hmm. So, God has revealed Himself through His written Word. Uh, he has revealed Himself through His Word in the flesh, Jesus. He has revealed Himself through His created order, and we are all part of that, and He's revealed Himself in the church. So, uh, you are... Uh, here to also talk about a Team World Vision. Tell us about Team World Vision. Yeah. Uh, so the segue out of that is God kept challenging me through physical um, 
things. And I'd like to say that was the last time I ever had to deal with depression. It, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, I think the hardest thing I've ever done was not climbing 58 mountains. It was beating depression. Um, sure. But it, it's still a part of my life. Um, and so I've kept running. Um, and I started running with Team World Vision. Um, you guys have maybe seen this around before, but um, Team World Vision became a huge change in my life. Like God brought me to a place where I didn't, it didn't need to be about me anymore. Um, and it gave me a chance to share. So um, I'd love to share with you guys about Team World Vision, uh, invite you onto this journey of life transformation um, and bringing life transformation for those around the world. So I do want to start uh, by saying like, you guys have been awesome. Last year, um, the team here at Faith Covenant brought clean water for life to over a thousand kids in Africa. Mm. Um, so the, yeah, let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Um, I was in Africa last year, and just seeing that transformation, it's just, it will blow your mind what that can do. But um, another, so we joined, uh, the, the team here at Faith joined hundreds of other Christians around Minnesota, um, and we ran, and we ran in unity. These are all denominations participating. Uh, we ran in unity and love, and we, like, shared with the world that we're about, as Christians, we're about caring for the poor, caring for the world's most vulnerable people. Um, and so we actually brought clean water for life and life transformation over 30,000 people, just the Twin Cities teams last year. Mm. Uh, super epic. But, so here's the deal. Uh, uh, today, we're launching the 2019 Twin Cities uh, and Faith Covenant Team World Vision Marathon team. And um, I've probably lost you already because I used the words marathon and running in the same sentence, but hear me <laughs> out. Don't run out the door. Um, I just shared my story with you. You know, I, I was a mess and where I was. Honestly, when my friend invited me to run that first half marathon with him, I literally had one word for him, no. <laughs> that was a very short conversation. And oh, no, that's it, I'm done. Um, you know, I was a wreck. I was barely able to get out of bed. Um, the time I did have, I was trying to catch up on work, and I was like, absolutely not. And, but God had a different message for me. He was calling me into something difficult, and so I said yes. And I knew God had that in my life for a reason. Um, one of the goals I had, besides I wanted to beat depression, I wanted to help some other folks through a good charity at that time. And uh, I wanted to survive. Literally, all I wanted to do was get across the finish line standing up. Um, God honored that. But what ended up kind of happening, like I said, was I just did that because somebody challenged me and it sounded like I could do something. It transformed my life. But now you've heard my story. I've also seen that life transformation in hundreds and hundreds of other people here in the Twin Cities. Um, I, you know, weight loss, thriving confidence, relationships restored among people, uh, people coming to faith and being able to have this huge impact around the world. Uh, the other cool thing is that 80% of our people have never run before. Uh, my story is very typical. We're all shapes, we're all sizes, we're all ages. Um, we call ourselves the back of the Packers. Um, literally at the marathon, you'll see like the fast people go through, then there's this big gap, and then you'll see the big pack of like everybody coming through, and then you wait another 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then there's all these orange people running through at the end, you know? <laughs> and that's Team World Vision. We're not fast, <laughs> we're running for children. Uh, we all use our couch to finish line training plan too. So we're, our goal is to get people across the finish line, and the statement that we hold to is that we'll get you back on the couch again, I promise. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's our goal. Uh, but uh, all these folks that join with us, uh, and same with my stories, we stepped into fear, we stepped beyond our fear, and we said yes to life transformation. Um, second thing I love is why we run. Uh, we run for clean water and hope in Africa. We have a, a picture of one of our sponsored children. Her name is Linda. Um, Linda's a beautiful little girl in East Africa. Um, but 
Linda, where Linda lives is there's no access to clean water. Every day, Linda had to walk over two miles to fetch clean, not even clean water, to fetch water. Uh, she had to drag that water in a 40-pound old fuel can called a jerry can. Um, and the dirty pond where she fetches water is also where her family washes their clothes, uh, where their livestock drinks and defecates. This is a picture I took this summer of a community we just started working in um, near where Linda lives. This is a water source for 10,000 people. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the source of water in Linda's village uh, kills 50% of the children before they reach the age of five due to lack of access to clean water. Parasites, bacteria, um, and diseases that are in that water kill 50% of the children in her village. Um, it's a tragedy. But also on top of that is that because they have to walk, uh, these kids have to walk so far to get clean water, they can't go to school. Uh, they don't have an opportunity to get an education to bring their communities out of cyclical poverty. The very base of poverty alleviation is access to clean water. Um, I saw this for myself in Africa last summer. Um, our first day there driving, there was literally hundreds of two to ten year old kids dragging large, dragging or carrying large cans of water down the road all day long in the middle of the school day because it's their only access and sometimes the water is up to two to four or five miles away for these kids. Um, but and honestly, like what struck me is that we would be in no different shoes um, if that was us. If we didn't have access to clean water, if we didn't have basic access to amenities like this, it'd be us who are stuck in cyclical poverty. Our kids wouldn't be going to school, and we would be in the same situation. So as a Christian, I just I can't turn away from the situation. I need to get involved. Um, so here's a way we can get involved. Is uh, it all begins with someone like us saying yes to crazy challenges and life transformation. So immediately after service. Um, you're going to have the opportunity to join me for a 10-minute info session right over here on the side. Um, we're going to have a video. Brad's going to speak. But after the service, right over here, uh, we're going to have donuts. And yes, donuts, because we don't run to look perfect. We run to help kids in Africa. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, join us for that. Uh, will you say yes? Will you say yes long enough to hear some more information about what you can do and how this could have a transformational impact on your life. Um, we'd love to see you there. Also, I understand it's crazy wintry out there and there's a blizzard and it still looks like January. We're not going to start running or walking right now. Um, <laughs> we're, it's in, we're starting April. Hopefully, prayer to God that, that snow is gone by then. So, <laughs> right. There we go. Let's do it. Let, let's show the video, shall we?
this opportunity for me? Could I actually physically do a marathon? Could I actually experience God while moving my feet and change the lives of children in the process? Would I let this crazy opportunity pass? Or could I maybe, just maybe, say yes? to God's crazy invitations, boldly trusting in his faithfulness, he does amazing things. Because on the other side of yes is water and fullness of life, and God has something in it for you. We start as strangers and end up as friends. Communities are formed, marriages rededicated, relationships with Christ are ignited, thirst is quenched, and believe it or not, this is gonna be fun. Because this isn't just running. This isn't just water. This is the church. This is the body of Christ coming together to love and serve the least of these brothers and sisters of ours to see and experience God's transformational power. Mm. This is a revival. Will you join us? I'm, I'm struck by the, um, the immense profundity of uh, what we're talking about is actually helping bodies <laughs> who are persons. Uh, as you know, your body needs water uh, every day. And if you don't have water, your body ends. And other bodies who are image bearers uh, need water or their bodies end, their lives end. And so uh, it's a great journey. Thank you, Dan, uh, for, for beginning this trek with us. Uh, I, too, 2014, joined Team World Vision and ran a marathon for the first time in my life. I was not a runner. And a uh, huge, huge impact on my life. Uh, I pray you will join Dan over on the side. There, we do have a couple questions, uh, if I may. Yeah. Um, one, uh, let's see here. Someone wants to know, Dan, uh, what kind of business did you have and what happened that sent you into depression? Was, was it the, the, the business issue or? No. Um, answer the first question. So it was an organic lawn care business. Um, that um, God blessed me through. We started it right at the beginning of the whole green movement um, back in 2008, and we literally had no competition and had the majority of the park districts, school districts, and a couple thousand residential customers in uh, mm. the Twin Cities. Um, but uh, no, honestly, I had hid inside that business from myself and mm. the, the issues that I had, I was able to just work too much to deal with them, um, which uh, in no way um, helped my marriage and definitely contributed to uh, the situation that happened there. But um, when I sold my business, I had to confront myself and there was a mess. Um, mm. There was a mess spiritually, mentally, physically, and that's when depression hit and mm. I just didn't know what to do with it. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. 
Um, so uh, here's another question. How would you encourage someone whose body doesn't work well right now, who can't exercise or even walk, perhaps? Um, I would say that um, God gave us our spiritual life, our, our mental and our, and our physical being. Um, and I think, kind of what I was sharing earlier, the beauty of that is, is he's given us three somewhat separate but all completely interconnected options um, to bring health to ourselves. So um, I've often thought, like, what would I do if I got in a car accident and I couldn't do anything physically? Um, it would be very hard because for me, I found my renewal of spirit through physical being. But God gives us other options of finding um, health through spiritual, mental, um, so on and so forth to bring health to other areas in our life. And um, I don't know if I'm prepared to speak in the details of that, but I just think the beauty of the body and the mind and the soul mm -hmm. is that they are interconnected. They can both bring each other down, but they can bring each other up. And I'd add to that, um, you know, one of the things that struck me uh, when I was after our, my bike accident last May, and I was in the hospital and experiencing more pain than I'd ever experienced in my life, um, I had a, uh, a mentor uh, of mine who sent me an email, and he said, you know, I, I, pay, I pray that the pain goes away, but I also pray that you will find solidarity uh, with the pain that our Lord suffered in, in, um, in finding um, connection with a God who understands what it is to be in great pain. And, and that struck me. I'm still kind of wrestling with that. I do know that in, in the experience that I had in, um, you know, lots of kind of crazy panic attacks and, and um, brokenness and everything kind of out of my control, um, I think under God's rule and reign, God, um, in, in our pain, God meets us in a way that we couldn't meet him outside that pain. It's a, it's a different meeting point. And, and maybe, you know, there's, a, there's a, that place where, you know, Jesus was kind of um, the initiator for so much of his life. But when it came to his passion, when it came to that final week, he walked toward the cross and he stopped being the initiator, and he, he was in a place where everything happened to him. And I know sometimes in, in pain and in our, our, our physical bodies, we feel like, I have no control. Everything's happening to me right now. I can't fix any of this. And the Lord moved in that as well, trusting himself to the Father. And so I think, I think there's a meeting point for us um, in those places of helplessness, and in those places of pain uh, that God redeems, I found I actually fell more in love with people uh, as I suffered. And I think that plays itself out yeah. in, in the training experience. Yeah. Um, I think it plays itself out in, in all of our experiences of trials when we trust the Lord with them. And so that'd be my encouragement is that... Uh, we trust the Lord to take and redeem uh, our struggles and our pain. Why don't, why don't we end there? Dan, thank you so much.